0: there's a new book on the block how, how to, to win, win at feminism, feminism. amaze break and gold Since How to Win Feminism is coming out this week on October 25th, we're giving you previews because guess what? It's Reductress's book. And we have an audio book, which is actually a pretty nice thing for you to listen to. Yeah, you're going to be hashtag obsessed. You're going to listen and you're going to love it so much, you're going to cry. Oh my god, what are you going to do then? Well, they'll just go and buy their own coffee wherever books are sold. Oh, Yeah. So, part of winning at feminism is asking these tough questions. questions, Which leads us to our first chapter. Is Is dating a man feminist?
1: Is dating a man feminist? From the moment we were little girl babies c-sectioned out of our mother's flawless wombs, we have been conditioned to do everything in our power to find a man. Or FAM. But so much has changed since April of 1990. The Olsen twins have stopped singing about their brother and started dating much older men. Literally, nobody uses a Skippet anymore, not even a Burning Man. And most important, you no longer have to marry a man to have value in society. Now that you're almost feminist, you'll have many questions about how feminism applies to dating. Is dating a man feminist? Does feminism affect what I do in the bedroom? Does what I do in the bedroom affect feminism? Should feminism be giving me orgasms? If you are being feminist enough, it should be giving you orgasms. Don't seek it out. It will come to you when it's ready. The answer is a resounding yes to all of these. But the details of dating while feminist are much more complicated. Obviously, we don't need a man to be happy in life. Still, every woman has the right to honor her own desires. And if you do want a man, it's fine. Rest assured, you can date a man and still be feminist. But there's only one way to do so, and that's to keep things equal. Let us break your feminist dating concerns down to a few key points that are easy to digest, even on your first day off the master cleanse. So how is dating a man feminist? Whoa, good question.
2: As far as we know, feminists throughout history have participated in the dating scene. You can be feminist and attached, or feminist and looking to mingle. If you're having sex right now, don't stop. You can still be feminist. And more important, you can still have sex. While there's no harm in dating, the crazy things we've done to F A M, find a man, in the past have gotten us into some real trouble and compromised our feminist standards. It's not entirely our fault. All the old-timey magazines of our youth taught us to hate our bodies and change ourselves to please a man. No way, patriarchy. We are powerful women who need to love ourselves before we can love another person. Listen up, ladies.
1: If you have not yet learned to love yourself, do not date. If you date without self-love, you run the risk of becoming the sad friend, and that is decidedly not feminist and also incredibly depressing. Look to your left. And to your right, if there is no sad friend in your friend group, you are the sad friend. But once you're ready to date, just remember to choose the dick before the dick chooses you. Lena Dunham and Taylor Swift have taught us that no matter how romantically adventurous you are, you need to try them all. In Taylor's case, she's sampling on more of an emotional level. Love you, Tay. So make sure to get a good sampling of dicks so you know what you want. Feminist dating is no longer about your being one of his options. It's about his being one of your options. One of many, many options. Date a ton of people. Date until you don't enjoy it anymore. Date until you can't tell them apart from each other. The best way to find the one is to date so many ones that you care a little bit less about which one you'll wed. So before you settle down and move in together... Make sure you've explored Tinder for a few years, or at least until you start swiping right on your cousins.
0: Does that answer, like, all of your questions? Mm, Kinda. Me too. So, you may have heard that saying that there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Ah, let's plan a girl's trap. Dakota, what exactly do you think hell is? Um, a place that's hot and full of bad boys. Okay, well... Technically, I guess you're right. Ah, let's play on a girl's charm. Anyway, we're going to listen to an excerpt from our book, The Nine Circles of Hell for Women Who Don't Help Other Women. Listen and learn!
1: The Nine Circles of Hell for Women Who Don't Help Other Women. Taylor Swift once said, Katie Couric once said, Madeline Albright once said, There's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. According to many theologians, she's correct, at least partially. There are said to be nine circles of hell specifically designed for women who make social or professional faux pas. Save yourself from eternal punishment by listening to this list. You're not on here, are you? First circle, women who don't participate in group
2: texts. This is limbo for women like you who leave everyone hanging. You were specially selected for a hilarious thread about something that pertains to all of you, usually something cray-cray an ex-friend posted on Facebook. You were called upon, and you failed to answer that call. You'll spend forever more asking strangers if you can borrow their charger. Notable residents? Estelle Getty and most
1: Succubi. Second Circle. Women who post hideous pictures of other women on social media. You're a hot girl with a brand new iPhone, an itchy trigger finger, and no sense of other people's vanity whatsoever. Even if your friend just went through a breakup and needs all the rebound-attracting pics she can get, you'll still post a shot of her mid-yawn with the caption, I love my beautiful friend. Your punishment is having large-scale portraits of your weird elbow skin posted online every hour on the hour. Repent. Notable residents, Cleopatra and your great-aunt Jill. Third circle, women who bring
2: chips to a potluck. First of all, potluck means cooking. If they wanted to throw a party where everyone bought 7-Eleven chips at the last minute, they'd have called it a let's all give up party. Plus, all those who made salsa, hummus, or artichoke dip are already bringing chips. So there'll be a lot of crunchy waste killers left over to tempt your host. This is a crime punishable by an eternity of trying to quietly chew something crunchy in a crowded lecture hall. Notable residents, Mary Todd Lincoln, and that girl just from work.
0: Wow. Do you think you're going to go to any of the circles of hell, Dakota? Um, IDK. I'm already going to Ibiza this year, but maybe next year. Cool. So, you probably didn't know this, but Quinn and I are the first Reductress Insider. Yeah, we're literally inside Reductress. And it's so cold in here. True. If you pre-order our book before October 25th, we want to invite you to become a Reductress Insider. So, just email your receipt to editor at Reductress.com to get on the list of exclusive Google Hangouts with us and the editors on Reductress. Also, like... Just FYI, we're pretty fucking fun. Yeah, we're really, like, really fun. So order that book today and get it delivered to your doorstep on October 25th. Face it, that's about as insight as it gets. Okay, so this next clip from our book is all about equal access to crucial resources. All women need to have access to the basics, opportunities, sanitation products, and of course, Photoshop. So here it is, why Why all women deserve equal access to Photoshop.
1: Why all women deserve equal access to Photoshop. When Photoshop is
2: not easily accessible, women suffer. Women without access to safe and reliable photo editing tools have been forced by circumstance to share busted selfies that affect their quality of life for years to come. Is this what we want?
1: Is this America? It's up to us to give all women increased access to life-saving Photoshop tools. Every woman deserves to be photoshopped in a way that reflects her power, intelligence, and the flawless complexion that she doesn't actually have but theoretically could.
2: Far too many women are being left behind in the workforce because their LinkedIn profile pic makes them look bloated, tired, old, sad. Or just kind of how they look on a
1: normal day. The equivalent of showing up to work minus a full face of makeup. Sure, we could try to fix the problem at the root and erase the systems that perpetuate this problem that is specific to women. But looking good isn't just fun. It's vital. Our solution? Share that vital fun by raising money to give women across the country equal access to Photoshop. That's big inspo to me because I'm very online.
0: Totally. You're technologyobsessed.com. What can I say? I love to click. I love to post. And honestly, that's my job is at Reductress. That's what I do here. Um, TMI. Hearing all this audiobook really makes me miss Dove. I miss Dove oh, so much. I never hear from her in her coma anymore. Oh, she just texted me from Comer. What? You know, the app where people can talk to each other in a coma. What? You know what? Never mind. Anyway, she's fine. She's just like really busy with a lot of work and stuff. Oh, okay. You know what, actually, if that makes sense? And speaking of the workplace, it's time for us to chat about the workplace. <laughs> um, TMI? See, what you're doing right now is making me feel like I'm sharing too much information or I'm being over emotional, which is something that women suffer from in work environments. Ugh, yuck. Luckily, there's Cheryl Sandberg who taught us to lean in, and we give her thanks in our book. Each section of the book begins with a beautiful invocation of a woman we admire. So here's our feminist, feminist invocation of leaning in. Leaning in
1: women at work a feminist invocation of leaning in I don't just work it I flip it, lean in and reverse it I lead your ass This spin class, ride first class, Sandberg Kardashian. You keeping up with us? You can eat our dust. Laid the agenda and crudite platter. My lady pockets getting fatter. Working lunch, working dinner, working drinks, got two sitters. Sitting at that table, got more pressure than you, more papers than you. Facts, facts like you don't care. I know you care. My personal brand is money, honey. Your glass ceiling is my cash feeling. Have it all, skirt size small. Conference call in my cubicle.
0: Um, so we've come to our last clip from the book and it's a big one. It was our favorite chapter in the Reductress book club. I missed it, but I heard it was super fun. I live tweeted on the Reductress account after blocking out and got our account suspended. Aw fun. Yeah. So anyway, we got a really special guest writer to contribute a little chapter. Yep, it's none other than RBG, the Ginsberger herself, who took a break from being a Supreme Court justice to talk to us about being a woman. But we just have to warn you, she's had a little bit to drink. Hashtag relatable. Take a listen and listen to Ruth Bader Ginsburg after she's had her
1: wine. Feature, a note from Ruth Bader Ginsburg after she's had her wine. Hey guys, what's
2: shaking? I vowed this year to just have sparkling water to stay away from the wine. But here I am with a nice glass of wine and I'm enjoying it, all right? I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I'm here to talk about my experience with sexism in the workplace over the years. While I've had the privilege of working with some of the greatest leaders and thinkers in the world, I've also faced challenges common to many women, like being called a bossy by Supreme Court Justice Roberts, or having the entire Russian Federation tell me to smile more. Ugh. Men's. When I started out in 1960, I was denied a coveted clerk position for the Supreme Court because I was a woman, even though I had a recommendation from the dean of Harvard Law School. And when they told me I didn't get the job, I was patted on the head and told I was probably bad at math. So if you're wondering why I'm enjoying a nice glass of wine right now, it's because it's delicious. Do you want some? There's a box in the fridge. I think it's our duty as women to fight for equality in the workplace because men can have a blind spot for mom's issues. Like sometimes when I was out dining with Justice Scalia, I was like, Tony, do you even know what it's like to have a child? And he seriously couldn't answer the question. You know why? It's because he couldn't. R.I.P. Tony. One time, a senator asked me if I had help writing my dissent for the Hobby Lobby decision. (laughs) Yeah, right. I said him that. Yeah, right. (laughs) I didn't, but I wanted to. Nowadays, I just keep telling myself, Ruth, lay off the bottle of Barbera. You can do this when you get home. But you know what? I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Are you seriously going to argue with me? I've got three honorary doctorate of law degrees, but I still get asked to make coffee during oral arguments. Am I going to be getting people coffee till I'm 90, or will there be another woman to take over by then? Don't jinx it, RBG, I say to myself. There's plenty of room for more women here. Do you realize how little space I take up in this chair? I played Twister once with Sony Bono. In the 1970s, I co-founded the first law journal devoted to women's rights, the Women's Rights Project, the ACLU, and helped to extend the Equal Protection Clause to women for the first time. And most of that time, Tony Scalia kept mistaking me for one receptionist and expecting me to order his birthday cake. So, in other words, it's amazing to see how far we've come from when I was just starting
0: out in my career.
2: Now, if you don't mind, I think I just can close my eyes for like a second.
0: Is she okay? We're actually not allowed to ask. I love that. Thanks to everyone for listening to these clips from our new book. I thought you were, like, so excited for the book, which is good news, because you can have it. What a great deal. How to Win at Feminism is available in a bunch of formats. Like paper, when you can hold in your hands. Aw, that's so old-fashioned. It's also available as an e-book. Aww, that's so cute. And what you heard here today are excerpts from the audiobook, which is great for long car rides with strange guys. Oh my god, why would you do that? I mean... I know them. They're just like so weird. Uh oh. They love this audiobook though. Cool. So, listeners, if you've made it this far, congrats. You've gotten a little taste of the book. We hope you love it. You can order How to Win at Feminism right now from your online bookseller of choice. Mine is my daddy. So stop paying attention to the road and get it now. And that's it for Mouth Time this week. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned next week when we all popcorn read the Bible.
1: Feral Audio.